Welcome to Bonnie Time. This is Lent discussion number seven. By the way, if any of you are in the northeastern Oregon area this weekend and you want some more discussion and community and feasting, we are getting together at the Story House at $20 a plate. You can get dinner and art and live music and connection. It's a small group of us. And if you want us to save your seat, please message me and I will do that. Enjoy this discussion with Wade. The thing that really blessed me about the Elijah story that I was wanting to share with you when I was at your house was just that there's a couple times in scripture, like three or four times that really have impressed upon me about encounters with God. And that those encounters typically happen after people are undone and whether they're undone by the presence of God itself or life circumstances, there seems to be a bit of a pattern that is really sweet that God allows us to come undone, unraveled, be very, um, not just vulnerable, but exposed for what we are. And then that's when he touches us and that's when he ministers to us and oftentimes it seems to me that the ministry he has for us is not a sermon right off the bat it's not always his word or a lecture he could obviously point out where we've gone astray and um would be justified absolutely justified in pointing out like he does with job all the areas that we've failed in but when he when we have these encounters in the scripture like for instance isaiah when isaiah sees heaven opened up and the train of the lord's robe filling the temple and the cherubim singing and he says woe is me i am undone or in some translations i think it actually says woe is me i am finished he at that point is so exposed by the presence of god he recognizes that he is nothing but the area that God exposes in him that's unclean that he really feels exposed in is his lips and he says I'm a man of unclean lips he says that about we are a people about his own people we're a people of unclean lips and I, I just find it really interesting that the first thing God does before he speaks to him after he comes undone is he touches his lips and he doesn't and then he's able to hear from the lord so to me sometimes we miss out on that like the intimacy of the touch and it happens with john too in revelation when john falls down as if he were dead so really his being in the presence of god exposes causes him to unravel come undone but exposes him as his whole body just like there's nothing in him that is worthy of this presence and his body just fails him and he falls down as if he were dead he's not dead He's alive on the inside, but he can't move his body. His body, his flesh is just wiped out in front of God. But what does God do? He doesn't, again, preach a sermon to him and say, come on, John, you know who I am. Like, stand in my presence. Or why are you undone? Don't you have faith? Don't you have strength to stand? God just touches him. And he touches him in that section of scripture. He touches him with his right hand which I've always thought was amazing because that's the hand of strength and power. And, and yet he just gently reaches down and touches him with his right hand, his hand of strength and power and raises him up. So 
Then after he's come and done and he's healed the thing that's been exposed, the weakness of his flesh, he then allows him to start to hear the word of God. He then starts speaking to him. And then the most, I think, effective for me, the, the, the section of scripture that affected me, I should say, the most in that area was Elijah. And because I think Elijah's, uh, him coming undone is a little different in the sense that it's a circumstance, it's an expectation that's not met that causes him to be depressed and he's undone not in the presence of God, but God still is gracious to bring him to a place where he is finished and he's ready to die through life circumstances. So whether it's being undone in the presence of God or a circumstance that exposes who we are and causes us to be unraveled or undone, um, God's just faithful to minister to us, but we have to almost have that moment. I, I hate making any kind of a statement that says, you know, it always has to happen this way. But it just seems like there's a pattern of those things need to happen. We need to be exposed for who we are before God can begin to minister to us and then speak to us. And so Elijah, of course, has just seen the Lord do this miracle of coming down fire from heaven, um, consuming the sacrifice that had water poured all over it and all around it when the prophets of Baal could not even muster you know, a spark for their um, sacrifice. Their God did nothing, proving that they didn't have a God. There was no God that they were serving, and the true God was Elijah's God. And then of 400 prophets, I believe that's the number, 400 prophets are slain that day. And Elijah has this expectation that isn't met. He has this expectation that as he's running back to Jezreel um, by the Spirit of God, that he's going to go and see I think personally, and I'm reading into the text a little bit here, but I think personally, all of Israel was always looking for the coming of the Messiah from Genesis chapter three, where it's prophesied, they were all hoping for a Messiah to come. And I think this display of power for Elijah got his expectation up that he was going to run back to Jezreel, see this wicked King Ahab and Jezebel wiped out. And God on the throne that the Messiah was going to show up, like this was it. This was a display of power. So he has this great expectation. He's even filled with the spirit to run to this city, to the, to the palace where this king and the wicked queen Jezebel are, only to find out that instead of them being dethroned or being broken and confessing that there is one true God, they have basically a bounty out for his head. And so now he's running in his own strength for a long ways until he basically runs out of energy and he lays underneath the broom tree. And, I, and I've thought a lot about our expectations and, and, I, and I know you've experienced this too, Lou, where it's like everyone has, right? Where we, we put expectations in things that aren't realistic and so we end up disappointed. But sometimes it's just disappointment and then there's other times where it actually is depression where it actually, it's like gut-wrenching. It, Our hope is gone. Mm -hmm. And for Elijah, this one was particularly hard for him because it wasn't like he was trusting in something that he could almost expect would let him down. You know, buying a, a piece of property or a home or a vineyard or some material thing that you get really excited about. I think had something like that let him down, 
had it been an expectation and a material thing, he may have been depressed for a day or two, but would have moved on. But because he has an expectation of God's glory and his kingdom being restored and an expectation of the Messiah, I believe, showing up. And this has got to be it. This has got to be the time when God rules and reigns from the earth. I've just seen such great power. And it doesn't happen. That's a whole different kind of depression that enters his life because he's, he wasn't hoping in the wrong things. He was hoping in the right things, but at the wrong time. And because it didn't happen at the time that he expected, he's so depressed. But the sweet thing about that section of scripture is we can all relate because we've all been so depressed. And he does what I do when I'm, my expectations aren't met and I'm really discouraged or depressed. He goes to sleep. He just curls up somewhere in like the fetal position and just goes to sleep. And that's what I want to do. Every time I'm in a, a season of oppression or depression, I just want to turn out the lights and sleep it away. And so I expected um, and I've even heard some pastors teach, you know, what a cowardly thing for him to do to run and hide and go under this tree. But the Lord didn't really think that way or he wouldn't have ministered to him as he does. Because God shows up and says the angel of the Lord, which I believe is Jesus, shows up and touches him. One, doesn't say a word, but just a gentle, sweet touch, and then he feeds him. And he wakes up with a jar of water and a hot cake ready for him to consume. And, and so he eats it and he drinks, and then he falls asleep again. And, and remember, he has asked prior to this, he has asked the Lord to kill him. He's so depressed over the situation that he just says, Lord, I, I, I can't do this anymore. Just kill me. Take my life. I don't want to do this anymore. And the Lord touches him, he feeds him, and then he goes back into the fetal position, in my opinion. It doesn't say that in the scriptures, but he lays back down under the broom tree. He's still depressed. He goes to sleep. He's exhausted physically and mentally and spiritually. So the Lord touches him again. Still not a sermon, not, hasn't spoken anything to him yet. He touches him. He feeds him. And then as he finishes his journey, and he makes it to Mount Horeb, God speaks to him in that still small voice. I just think that's really sweet that throughout the scriptures, when we are either undone in his presence or undone by a circumstance, the Lord, it seems to me, has a pattern of touching and ministering intimately without speaking at first. And then with restoration, with strength, with renewal, he then begins to speak his word into our lives and encourage us. And it's just a still small voice is all it takes for Elijah. He doesn't need a shout. He doesn't need something um, proclaimed from the heavens to shake the earth. It doesn't have to be earth rattling, although he does see the earthquake and the fire and all these things. But God says, I'm not in those. I'm in the still small voice. I want you to hear from me. And he begins to give him mission again and vision and purpose for his life where he was ready to die just moments earlier. So, yeah, I think that's, to me, I'm, I want to approach in my own life when I'm down. I want to give space to have God minister to me in that way, but also in the lives of others. I don't want to be so quick to have a sermon or a quick fix, but sometimes I just need to be present. I just need to make somebody a meal and just be with them. 
and then when strength is renewed and restored you know god by his spirit can give me words to speak into their life or he can be, begin to speak through somebody else that doesn't even have to be me i might just be the the gentle touch and the warm meal that somebody needs so that they're ready to hear from the lord later Thank you.